Boyle Sports has it all. Moneyback meetings every day. UK and Irish racing live streaming. Extra places and Moneyback All Losers offers. And a Bet 10 Get 20 welcome offer. Boyle Sports, this is betting. Welcome to Off The Fence, brought to you in association with Ball Sports. We're very excited because this is our Aintree Grand National preview show. We're going to be looking at the most famous race in the world on Saturday and finding you the winner and the place horses as well. But on top of that, we're going to be looking at all the big races over Thursday and Friday at Aintree's big festival. I cannot wait to get stuck into this as per usual with the boys, Barry Geraghty and Tony Keenan. But before we go any further, please do not forget to hit subscribe on our YouTube channel. That way you won't miss a single episode of Off The Fence, including these special episodes we're bringing you ahead of these big festivals. So hit the subscribe button right now and let's get cracking with the show. Barry Geraghty, how are you? Are you looking forward to Aintree? Very much looking forward to Aintree. Vanessa had a brilliant weekend at Ferios, three days Really good race and um, capped off by Paul Townend lifting home I am Maximus <laughs> in the Grand National. So good weekend gone by and looking forward to another brilliant one ahead. It's a great time of year, isn't it, Tony Keenan? Are you enjoying it as much as Barry enjoyed last weekend in the build-up to Aintree? Yeah, concentrating, I suppose, more on Fairy House. There was a Fairy House yesterday. Um, my number one thought of Fairy House, the game is not maybe dead yet. Great crowd there yesterday, despite the... The weather, some hardy souls there, uh, surviving rainstorms, etc., etc., um, and yeah, all leading into the, 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 probably the greatest race of them all at the weekend here coming up. Have you had much luck in the national over the years, Tony? When you've uh, sort of tackled it from a betting point of view? I, to be honest, I, I'm sure like most a lot of sensible people, I wouldn't tackle it too strongly uh, uh, as a betting race. What did I back in it last year? A Longhouse Port was my main fancy for it last year. I think I finished up having something on any second now, so. Hitting the bar a bit, um, God, I can't, I can't remember the, the last winner of it. I, I backed and, um, <laughs> but again, I, I, I don't think I'd be on my own in that. It's, it's obviously not the easiest race. Uh, very, very tricky contest as it always is. Absolutely right. Let's let's get stuck straight in with the Grand National itself. After that, we will be going through the big races on Thursday, Friday, and the rest of the Saturday card as well. But for now, we want to kick the show off with the Grand National. Now. Boys, when you're looking at it, we've got Corrick Rambler, who's been the favourite for this race for a long time now for the Lucinda Russell team up at the top of the market. Then we've got Noble Yates in there for Emmett Mullins looking to win the race for a second year on the bounce. Delta Work, any second now. Gaylord de Manille, Mr. Incredible, will even start. Le Milos, Longhouse Poet, Galvin, those are your top few in the market. But Barry, when you're looking at the race, how deep a contest do you think this edition of the Grand National is? Oh, it's deep, there's no doubt. You know, all those horses you've named off at the head of the market all have chances and there's lots more than outside of that with plenty of chances as well. So it's a deep race, plenty of quality um, and yeah, it's going to be difficult to pick the winner. What looks obvious to you now just uh, mightn't look so bright in a week's time. And in terms of Noble Yates's credentials to back this up, obviously the win-up from last year, what sort of form do you have him in coming into the race this time around? Obviously, he's a completely different profile of a horse to the one he came into the race with six months ago. Yeah, very different profile. Um, 
he's had a tough race in Cheltenham. He's he's a good bit up on the weights from what he was last year. Um, so he he's not without his chance. But being honest, he wouldn't be one that would be screaming at me necessarily. Um, but that's not you couldn't dismiss anything in the race. And um, Carrick Rambler seems to be well in at the weights. Um, I thought he put in a good performance in the Ultima. He's ten pound well in on the back of that. Um, I thought he was a, he, he was he looked a smarter horse this year. He seemed to travel better. Um, I think he's a worthy favourite. Um, but plenty plenty of chances. Um, Delta Worker thought um he's a pound less this year than he was last year. Um, or sorry, he's up a pound, but he, he um he has a week more to recover. And I thought he had a tougher race last season to beat Tiger Roll than he had to beat Galvin. So I thought he was one with a chance. Uh, personally, I liked Lamilos. Um, I think Longhouse Poet has a good chance as well. I thought Lamilos ran. He ran a course and needed the run in Kelso last time, having put in a good performance in Newbury prior to that. Um, and he's been, for me, been targeted at the race. Really good to jump. Um, very versatile on ground. He's one and soft, good, heavy, everything. So um, for me, he would be my choice. He would be the one I'd like to ride if it was the ride one out. Okay, very interesting. In terms of the favourite, Corrick Rambler, Tony, at 6-1, to one, I mean, he's been up at the top of the market for a very long time now. Uh, is he your idea of a, of a Grand National horse? Uh, I suppose he's going to have to come from further back than a lot of um, Grand National horses uh, typically would. And also, uh, the long running maybe might not be ideal for him. He, he does kind of pull himself up uh, a little bit of Cheltenham there. I did get a rally again, I should say. Um, but look, it's, it's like anything now. When a horse is that officially well in, they, they, they nearly have to be a certain price and a short one at that. But it's just, I suppose, the suitability for the race um, might be under a little bit of, a bit of doubt. But certainly he does like the big field, whether he takes the defences, albeit the defences aren't the test, maybe the ones where. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. Um, elsewhere, further down the field, you've got the sort of uh, the likes of Mr. Incredible who comes in here with a very interesting profile. Obviously, he's not the most straightforward, but he's one of the lesser exposed horses in here. Would you, would you give a chance to a horse like him, Tony, in here? Um, he'd certainly have a chance. I do think the Kim Muir was probably run to suit hold-up horses. He was maybe given too extreme um, of, of a hold-up ride, uh, even within that race. But he did get there and look maybe after the last that he, he was going to uh, go and pass them out, but didn't maybe see it out just as well as uh, Angel's Dawn and Stumptown and that. So I don't know, it, it raised a little bit of a question about his stamina for all his previous run there in England would have suggested he, he stayed well. And there is obviously the, the question with his temperament. He has uh, refused um, on occasion and on one or two other occasions maybe looked a little bit tricky. But sometimes that type of horse can run well for a long time. But um, you've mentioned a lot of the kind of, I suppose, fancied horses. And like Barry said, a lot of them do have chances. But I was looking maybe something maybe at a, at a bit bigger of a price. And the one that I kind of came down on, I think I mentioned this horse back after he ran second in the Bobby Joe was Vanier. I thought he ran a... A cracking race that day. Um, he was quite well. Look, he he'd have the back class. Uh, Albert Bartlett, the winner, would look like a really strong steer back then. Took well enough at the fences initially, and then his jumping seemed to fall apart. But I know over the summer they did some sort of a back surgery on him, and then early on this season they just kind of persisted with him, running him over two and a half miles. Now, uh, part of that maybe was a bit of view to the big spring races that Irish National possibly or this race. Part of it might have been to sharpen up his jumping. He was well back for the Dublin Racing Festival, didn't complete there, but then 
he got the chickpea. The chickpeas initially started at the Dublin Racing Festival, and again, then the Bobby Joe. And I just thought he had a really good race in the Bobby Joe, really good trial. He was given a lot of weight to Ken by. Um, he came from fucking a further back than ideal. He kind of met a bit of trouble in the straight, just shaped like the best horse, shaped like a bit further would suit. And I definitely think um, he give people a run for the money. And the other one I kind of came down again, another horse at a bit of a price was uh, the Griffin's horse, Roy Maj. Um, he's meeting Longhouse Poet now on, what is it, um, 11 pounds better terms than down Royal for, for a length and a quarter. But I, I'm less concerned, I suppose, about the, the lengths and the pounds and weights and measures and all that type of stuff is the fact that he was coming into it of a less than ideal prep. He ran at Cheltenham in the cross country there, the, re, the rescheduled cross country there in January and he had a nasty fall, I think, a cut after it, and you know things hadn't been smooth. So thought in, in light of that, the downrail run was excellent. He's run some good races, kind of in graded races, down through more there against Manelli, Indo and Stackler. I know the two of those flopped in the Gold Cup, but they, they, they haven't gone bad horses overnight. It's still a good run kind of on the day, and th that team have had a horse run well there in the race at a massive price before Maggio. Just seems like the type of horse that might um, take to it. I, I know he's a bit older there, he's 11, but um, I, I just think, the test might, might suit him. So they'd be made too against the field. Obviously, uh, any host of horses with, with massive chances there and fancied ones would kind of maybe more class than those um, at the top of the weights, but they'd be made too. Okay, well, Roy Marge is 40 to 1 with Ball Sports as we speak right now, and Vanillier is. What price is Vanillier? It's an 18 to 1 shot with Ball Sports. So those are two much bigger priced horses from Tony. Uh, Lamillos, Barry's selection is 14 to 1. And Barry, do you have anything else at a bigger price you want to throw in there? If Lamillos is your win selection, what follows him home? I think Mr. Coffee could be value. Um, placed at the last two Cheltenham festivals. He um, disappointed in the top of Malbeat. He jumped okay uh, last season, but he's a weak. Uh, longer to recover and plus he's a year old as well a seven year old versus an eight year old so I think Mr Coffee, and especially with the ground looking like it could be on the soft side I think he could outrun his odds Okay, Mr Coffee at 40 to 1 if the ground goes in his favour stay tuned for the end of the show because we will be giving you our Grand National 1, 2, 3, 4 so you know just really covering all bases on this show and do get in contact with us who do you think is going to win this year's Randox Grand National? Who do you think could run, outrun their odds at a bigger price even? Do get in contact in the comments box below. Let's move on to Thursday. Uh, we'll go back a few days and pick up Thursday because, of course, we've got grade ones aplenty on the opening day of the Aintree Festival. And we begin, Barry Geraghty, with the manifesto where we see Bambridge take on Stage Star, current joint favourites, 13 to 8 at the top of the market. Obviously, one went to Cheltenham, one in Stage Star. Bambridge missed Cheltenham because of the ground. Two and a half miles here in the manifesto. Are we backing fresh horses? Is that going to be the way to play some of these races across the three days of entry? Well, it's definitely something to bear in mind. Um, and it's an individual thing with some horses will bounce out of Cheltenham and fly um, at entry and others just won't come back as quick. So, um, But for me, we're obviously recording this on Tuesday evening and there is a good bit of rain forecast for Wednesday um, and wet into Thursday. So there is a chance we're going to get soft ground on Thursday and that probably puts a question mark over Van Bridges' participation here and he could wait for Saturday for the two-mile um, novice chase. But um, stage star put in a really good performance at Cheltenham. Um, you'd have to be impressed with it. But I'm not sure the ground was as soft as it was called on the day. Um, St. Roy put in a really good show in the Arkle when 12 lengths toured behind El Fabiolo. So for me, uh, St. Roy stepping up and trip on the slower ground would really be of more interest to me than, than stage star. 
Oh, okay. Three to one as well. So looking away from the top two in the betting, which everyone else seems to have focused on. And we might come back to Banbridge in due course because, of course, he has the entry of the two miles on the Saturday, all very ground-dependent there. Um, let's move on to the four-year-old hurdle, another grade one contest, the juvenile hurdle, where Zenta is the 13-8 favourite from Bo Zenith at 9-2. Nusra in there at 9-2 as well. Script right on the comeback trail at 15-2. Tony, over to you for the juveniles. Um... Is Zenta a worthy favourite in this after her performance to fill third spot back at Cheltenham? Ah, yeah, I think I think she'd have to be um, Lassie Mout and, and Gara Marceau, the two that beat her. Much more experience built up in kind of the greater races, the grade one race at the Dublin Racing Festival. She was kind of only had, had her initial start for Willie Mullins in, in the winning fair, Fairy House, not all that long beforehand. I think her jumping was sharper. Um, at Cheltenham than it was at Fairy House. So yeah, she's definitely a worthy favourite. I think this division is like outside the lossy mount Gallimore, so it does look a, a kind of quite a, a watery division. Um we even saw at Fairy House there on Easter Monday the fact that um Enjoy the Dream could get the better of Blood Destiny despite you know only coming to, into it of one, albeit promising run in Gore. And so maybe there is room for something to improve. I, I think Zenta very much a worthy favourite, but I could see Tom Mullins' horse um, outrunning his odds a little bit. He's called Right So Tom. He was actually entered or declared, sorry, for Fairy House uh, on Easter Monday, but took him out on account of the ground. Totally ran uh, quite a decent race in, in a triumph, for kind of in, in a quite a steadily run race. Um, he's coming kind of a four months break there. He initially debuted behind Zarek the Brave at Fairy House. I thought his jumping probably lacked a bit of sharpness, which is understandable given the break. A little bit green there, uh, coming to two out as well. But he finished out his race quite well. And I just think, like, is there anything, re apart from Zent, is there anything that really stands out? Probably not. He's getting around the 25 33 to 1 um, price. I could see him maybe running into a place there. Um, and definitely, he's a horse probably that has upside. With a trainer who you know well able to bring them along gradually, I think he's a good prospect. Seems to have plenty of size about him in Cheltenham, and maybe one for the long term, if not only for the anniversary. Okay, right. So Tom is thirty-three to one with Ball Sports currently. Danny Mullins in the saddle can only be a positive. Uh, over to you, Barry, for the juvenile. Is, do you have a strong view? Anything away from Zenta the favourite? Maybe at a bigger price like Tony. Hey, well, Zenta would be the obvious one, um, and hasn't has only had one run um, during this season as well prior to Cheltenham. So, going into that reasonably fresh, so you'd hope would come out of it the same. Um, I suppose Bo Zenith has won twice since flopping in Sandown first time, but he actually beat Blood Destiny um, back in April in his uh, win in our ties. So, um, that would be a good level of form. He's been impressive on his two wins since that flop. So, I think he'd be one with a chance, but Zenta, I think, will be hard to beat. Okay, let's stick with you, Barry, and move on to the Aintree Bowl, which is an absolutely fascinating renewal. So many different angles here. We've got Shishkin stepping up in trip after that Ryanair performance. We've got Brave Man's Game joining these two co-favourites currently at the top of the market at 5-2 to two with Ball Sports, obviously off the back of the epic second in the Cheltenham Gold Cup itself. Both those horses coming here from Cheltenham, along with Aplutard and the Hoysenior. Hoysenior obviously off the back of the fall, and then you've got Conflated and GA Law as well. I mean, Galore at 50 to 1. But other than him, basically any one of those horses could win this, Barry. But I'm inclined to think that you're going to tell us to stick with Shishkin, are you? The vibes are very good on Shishkin. <laughs> um, he obviously, he, 
he put in a poor show at Cheltenham but still finished second and never at any stage as well I won't say never at any stage but definitely in the last half mile didn't look like it was going to be second until late on um, he didn't turn up at all he didn't jump he didn't travel and even to put in the performance he did haven't jumped as poorly as he did but no the vibes are very good on him um, and stepping up the trip it's it's only going to suit him with the way he's raced this season um, he was very impressive obviously in Ascot um, so no I'm going to I'm gonna stick with, with Shishkin I suppose Braveman's game has been brilliant this season he was very good in the King George and he ran a cracker in the Gold Cup but his three runs this season have been the end of October the end of December and mid-March has he benefited from those runs being spaced out I wonder um, he's been to the entry festival twice and has been a beaten favourite on both occasions so there's a couple of negatives about him um, conflated ran a good race in the Gold Cup to finish third he'd have to have a chance um, a high senior fell but that's never a great reflection how Arsenal's travelling when you fall and I think Apple Tard, albeit he was hampered he was going. To, he was beginning to struggle anyway I felt at the time so for me Shishkin and Braveman's game are the two I would conflate it there on their tail but I would be putting Shishkin ahead of Braveman's game purely on their, their I suppose the entry record if you like and the the, the proximity between Braveman's run, Braveman Games runs this season. Yeah, I can see all of those points. My issue is, Tony, with Shishkin, is everyone said he did well to finish where he did, given the fact that he was essentially never going at Cheltenham. But focusing in on the latter part of that sentence, it worries me, Tony, that he was never really going at Cheltenham. Oh, I wouldn't blame you for it worrying you. I, I think it would have to. It looked a case of the bounce in Cheltenham. Uh, hard race at Ascot. It won easily, but everything else pointed to a hard race, whether it be the, the time or ridden out, I suppose, to the lane and stepping up and trip for the first time. The thing about the bounce is, does he now be able to bounce back within three and a half weeks? Uh, I think that's a big ask. Um, the double bounce. I, I know, uh, yeah, the, 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 the thing about that is you probably want a little bit of time off after that um, rather than... Um, going back to the well again for a, for a third run in the spring, February, kind of March, mid-April. So, no, I, I'd be inclined to take him on anyway. Um, a Plutard, Henry de Bromhead got a lot of horses that were, I suppose, out of form or had been below par during the winter, back to form at Cheltenham. Um, I think with Plutard, we just don't know. He was going OK. Was he going as well as Gallop in the Champs? No. Um, or Braving's game probably not but he but he had a chance um, but it's just too far out to say and he's kind of priced nearly as if he you know he, he made the frame looking at that I think conflated probably got a, his little bit of hard luck there kind of on the run to two out he was kind of travelling nicely enough and um, kind of galloping the champs come out on his outside and he had to kind of shift round him then you know just, just lost a couple of lengths I'd say at that I'd say maybe slightly short on the Gold Cup trip might suit him they kind of opted to miss the Dublin Racing Festival would, you, would have looked his obvious race the, the Irish Gold Cup Leperstown track that seems to suit him so well and I suppose this maybe race was also in the back of the mind so he'd have a chance um, but I, I still think Braveman's game there he's got the two best pieces of uh, in this race two best pieces of stay and chase form of the season the King George win and the Gold Cup second, I absolutely accept what Barry's saying there that you know Aintree has been particularly you know, last season very very disappointing run. Like his run the novice hurdle uh, behind the ice and you know, was not bad. It, it was a perfectly good running against a very good horse. Um, and it's just whether you buy into the fact that Paul Nichols has said that he that he's a, a stronger horse this season. He certainly again visually, as I mentioned before, looks like a better horse this season. I think all, all his kind of ratings and all that would also suggest the same. I think at eleven to four, three to one, whatever he is, you can probably take a chance on him being just just be having the best recent form and 
Um, I know you're making a mockery of Gal or GLR. I actually wouldn't be surprised if he outran his odds um, a little bit. The Grand National was his aim kind of earlier on in the in the spring anyway, but you know they, they were, didn't get time to qualify him, or at least with the non-completion at Doncaster, he, he didn't get qualified. But I thought he didn't run terribly now in the Ryanair. I thought he was kind of on his head a bit with, with the trip um, and his jumping probably didn't hold up. But going slightly slower pace at three miles, maybe on a flatter track, uh, might suit him here. Wouldn't be surprised if he was able to get into the three now at a price. Might be something to be playing around with in place markets. Okay. Well covered then, the entry ball. Let's move on to the entry hurdle where we get to see Constitution Hill. Step up in trip. He's currently 1-6 to six with ball sports, so it's not really a betting price for us. Epiton is next best in the betting at 10-1. to one. Obviously, the Marys beat a couple of times already this season. Zana here in there at 12. Sharjah at 18s. I like to move it at 25s and so Royal at 50s. But Barry, it's all about Constitution Hill here. We're just going to be able to sit back and enjoy this surely stepping up in trip isn't going to be any sort of an issue for him around here no the step up in trip won't be an issue to him um, he ran the point of point as a four year old albeit he got beaten but the trip wasn't an issue there either um, no he should be fine pedigree everything would suggest no issue um, ground likewise as well so no you'd fingers crossed I'll be hoping I'll be sitting back and join it but uh, it'll be anxious enough to watch as was Cheltenham but um, of the opposition I suppose Zana here was third to him in the champion hurdle um, and you know, the trip would be ideal for him. If the ground is on the slow side, that'll be ideal as well. So for me, he would be the one I would see chasing home Constitution Hill. Um, Epitant has to bounce back from, from her run in the in the mayor's hurdle where she disappointed. Um, so now I'd be putting Zana here in as the main danger. Okay, to chase him home or in the without market, whichever way you want to play it. Um, Tony, do you have anything you want to report to us about Thursday? Anything left that you want to mention on the Thursday card? Yeah, there's there's a merit like in the, in the, in the closing bumper there. Uh, Galia Varun, trained by uh, John Queeley. Now, John Queeley's got an amazing record at this meeting. Five winners from ten runners. Now, uh, uh, people will be saying straight away so it was it was all the one horse. Well, one horse provided for them. All Ella. Um, he also had a horse placed in the Hunter Chase at a big price, but he did win this race with Jamie Codop, um with Getaway Katie May back in 2018. And I just like the way Galia Varun has been progressing throughout the season. Um, she's a horse I think they've needed to educate a little bit because she could be very free early on. A couple of runs there. Nace, uh, List Owell initially, and then Nace, where she kind of got that bit of education and has won her last two starts. Um, very strong finish now, Torres to win the first one. And then at Nace last time, tongue tie on first time, kind of travel better. Um, just looked at a mare that has learned on the job and is kind of progressing and I could see her um, running a good race in the mare's bumper although there are loads of really kind of unknown quantities in this race kind of the Irish um, mares like Gordon Elliott has got a horse of Michael Hickey that he paid 180 grand for uh, 185 grand Magic Dawn uh, Henry de Bromhead who, who definitely this would be a very unusual one for him having runners and bumpers a, a mare called uh, July Flyer that won a grade one uh, bumper in France and then Willie Munns has got one out coming from France Jolly Curl and one of the ones that have run the Irish ones to be Galia Varun is on the up and definitely one to be interested in Okay, if, if I'm in my English way if I was to say this horse's name I think I'd say it as Galem Arun so I've crucified that nicely um, Barry, do you have anything else to add in regards to the to the mare's bumper? Yeah, no, just to love what Tony says uh, Galem Arun um, three lengths behind Hackett Harbors. Um, that was a good run in her bumper when she was third uh, three starts back um, but had some good form and 
uh, John Kiley or John Quayley should I say definitely a, a shrewd operator Okay, two nods for her then in the bumper and she's around about sort of 11 or 12 to 1 poke at the moment. Uh, let's move on to Friday, everyone, and we will kick off with the first race on Friday, which is, of course, the Mild Maid Chase. And we get to see Jerry Colom here to try and right the wrong of Cheltenham. He's currently the 13 to 8 favourite at the top of the market. Journey with me is 5-2 to two stage star, but obviously we're expecting to see him earlier in the week. Uh, Bron in there at 4-1, to one, complete unknown as well. And the Mayor Gala de la Toe at 8-1. to one. Um, Barry, we will kick off with you here. Jerry Colom, are you expecting him to get his head in front here? Will this track suit him? Yeah, I think the track will suit him fine. Um, you know, it does take a lot of getting, uh, the Mile Maid course, big long straight, tend to go a good gallop as well because you're led to believe it's an easy track it's a flat track that you get a good gallop and you turn into the straight and you have a half mile to run it's a long way home with a long run from the second last to the last so you need to stay well um especially up and trip um so no, i think jerry Colon will um i think it'll suit him fine um i suppose the big thing for me with him is he had a relatively tough race in cheltenham um and can he bounce back out of that um but just knowing the horse and knowing how laid back he is um, when he was back in his box he would have been switched off and relaxed so I don't think with the exception of the race itself I don't think the travel would have taken much out of him I think his recovery would be good for the same reason so I'd be very much with Jerry Kalam um, and the slow ground as well would be ideal for him too uh, Journey With Me is there also in the same ownership as well um, and that's if he goes here I suppose but he probably hasn't got many options um, he missed Cheltenham whether that's a plus or a minus obviously he didn't get the hard race but if he wasn't good enough to go to Cheltenham well then is he good enough to beat Jerry Kalam? I'm not so sure. Um Braun wasn't far behind Jerry Kalam in the Brown Advisory, but a bit like I mentioned Braveman's game, his real his runs all season have been well spaced out. Um whereas last season he was kept busier and I think he paid the price of a win at Easter. He ran very disappointing and punched in after that. So whether Braun can just bounce back, I'm not fully sure, but I think Jerry Kalam can. Okay, intriguing. Tony, do you have a strong opinion in this race? Now, I'd lean towards uh, Jerry Kalam, like Barry mentioned there. Uh, the entry thing, uh, the, the Maidway is quite a testing track, especially that run from the second last to the last. Like I was looking at the times, like this race actually typically takes about five seconds longer than, than the Brown Advisory, looking at the last few years. And I know Brown kind of messes about with that a bit, but certainly it's 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 not maybe an easier test um, than the Brown Advisory. You know? I think Jerry Kalam like, um, just kind of got outpaced at a key time in that race and, and the, the real record the pace again to get away from, but he made up the guts of five lengths uh, from the last. And maybe Jordan Gainford had the, the new whip rules a little bit in mind, um, didn't want to get after him too soon and was kind of minding himself. But um, I think maybe if, if he can get going a bit sooner here, he should be hard to stop. OK, two strong enough votes then for Jerry Colom in the mild. May Tony, let's stick with you for the top novices hurdle over the two miles. And it's the Mayor Lucia up at the top of the market for Nicky Henson at 9-2. to two, But second best in the market is found at 50 at 5-1 to one with Ball Sports, a horse that you've been very keen on with his form over in Ireland already this year. Are, are you still keen on him for a race like this? Yeah, maybe just not as keen as it was um, maybe for Fairy House last week because I think Fairy House is a bit more of a front runner's track maybe than the entry and also the, it looks like this could be a massive feed. Like I think at this point, um, 28 runners in this. Now I know a lot of them are, are doubly entered between the race over two and a half on the Saturday. Um, yeah, uh, Nicky Henderson talking about Lucia having an interrupted prep for Cheltenham. I think there, were, there was quite a bit about that. She needs to bounce back. There's one horse there... 
this trainer, uh, Oliver McKeon, very, very rarely has runners in England, um, but he's entered a few horses up this week. No looking back. I thought he shipped quite well behind Irish Point at Nace, uh, giving him a, a very hefty penalty. I think it was eight or ten pounds. Um, that day in this and the runner race didn't really suit him either. I could see him running well. He became a horse he could drop out and ride a race and was found to fifty. He's kind of going to probably have a, a bit of a, a pain in his backside with horses kind of pressing him from a long way out if it, if it is going to be that you know double figure size of a field. But certainly from the initial entries, you would think it would be. Okay, so tactics kind of come into play. Uh, no looking back is currently eleven to one with Ball Sports. Barry, have you had a good look at this race? I mean, I mean, if we've got a big field, surely there's a horse at a bigger price against Lucia, or are you kind of with the positive vibes in regards to Henderson's match? <laughs> Yeah, I'm with the positive vibes again. Um, she had an interrupted preparation and she still ran a good race, but her form before it was very good and her form of bumpers is very good too. Um, I am a big fan of, of Founder 50, um, but I just worry a bit like Tony said, with such a big field, but also entry on the Friday, Vanessa, as you know, there's a lot of hustle and bustle, not just on the race course. So um, Founder 50, he runs in a hood, he's highly strong. I just wonder, will this occasion could even affect him as well and add in a big field too. It's, I think there's, there's, there's a few things against him, but he is a very smart horse, but I'd be with Lucia to, uh, to get back on track. Okay, Barry, let's stick with you then for the Marsh Chase. Uh, now, this looks a trappy, trappy old affair. There's loads of big names in here in the sense of Pick Doria, 7-4 to four at the top of the market, Fakir Duderis to win it again at 9-4, to four. Hitman, 9-2, to two. Fugitive at 8-1, to one. French Dynamite, 8s, all horses that have had their day in some way or another, but they all have relatively patchy profiles coming to this sort of race. So when you're looking at it a little, a few days out at this stage, Barry, is there any horse that you think yeah this this is his race or are you sort of in my camp of thinking that it's a pretty sketchy old affair <laughs> you could argue that case that there's, that there's patchy form among them all right but Pick Dory has been good this season and um, he had Fakir Dudere seven lengths behind him when he was second to Shishkin in the Ascot chase over two five that wasn't good to soft I, for me it hinges on the going and um, Pick Dory loves a flat track and I think Better than soft ground is ideal for him, albeit he has won in soft in Kempton, but probably not just quite at this level. Um, Fakir Dudere is going for the hat-trick. He's been well prepped for this, kept fresh and missed Cheltenham. But I think he'll need it soft to have the pace to match Pick Dory. So I would uh, I would just watch on the going. And for me, as I say, Dudere in soft and Pick Dory on better. Okay, all about the going then. We'll bear that in mind. Tony, on to the top and we go very competitive, as you would expect, but it's Gez Keel, your 7-1 to market leader. Ashtown Lad is in there at 15-2 to for the Skeletons. Al Dancer at 10-1. to Final orders for Gavin Cromwell at 10s. Um, is this going to go the way of the Irish or the English? Um, but like Barry there in the last, I think if there's a bit of decent ground around, and I know there is a lot of rain, but... Um, they were, they were saying they really needed the rain there in the, in the piece I was reading earlier in the week anyway, so they were hoping for the rain and holding off for the water and saying that they might still need to do a bit of um, watering. So, so the ground, we, we'll see. But if the ground isn't too bad, I, I'd like the claims of final orders here. Um, obviously, he's had an excellent season, win a number of races on the bounce, but just in the grand annual there, kind of wasn't able to get to the lead um, just at that really fast two-mile pace. He does stay that bit full, and the ground was probably a bit slower than ideal. And he just got, he got badly squeezed out and shuffled back there. I think it was just before, just after four out. Left him kind of with a lot to do. And to be fair, the, the horse finished out really well despite jumping the, laugh, the second last badly left and not been great at the last. 
So I, I think the slight step up and trip, the big step up and trip, sorry, will suit him. Um, his jumping has looked an asset all season. Um, and yeah, I think he's better than the form in the Grand Dining. And provided the, the ground isn't too soft, uh, I could definitely see him getting involved here. Okay, Barry, over to you for the topham. Um, did you have a strong fancy in this? Well, I like Final Orders. He's his jumping is his key, and as Tony mentioned, if it's not too soft, ideally for him. But jumping, he he's on springs, and he's not a big horse, but he jumps brilliantly. Um, Phoenix Way was fourth in Cheltenham in his previous run. A little bit disappointing since then, but he's a horse that's capable of better, I think. So I I'd, I'd keep a little eye on, on Phoenix Way maybe. Okay, and Final Orders is currently eleven to one with Ball Sports, everyone. So that's two relatively strong votes for him. Uh, let's move on to the Sefton Novices Hurdle, Barry. Again, not entirely sure what's going to show up here, but Hermes Allen is on the retrieval mission and is your three to one current favourite for this with Ball Sports. Can he bounce back from the run at Cheltenham? And how bad or good was that run at Cheltenham? He was disappointed, no doubt. Um, it's not the, the, the ideal foot to be coming into this race, and but uh, we'll have to wait and see how he turns up. But um, Absolute Notions, who didn't make the festival, um, who was second to Goodland, Goodland sorry, in the, in the Dublin Racing Festival, and had Sander Clagen behind him that day. Sander Clagen obviously went and ran really well in the Albert Bartlett. So um, Absolute Notions going here fresh. I think um, which is it's important you talk about horses getting over runs but novices in particular so if you go for a novice herder coming out of the Albert Bartlett like stay away Fay for example having a tough race to come back to a three mile again at, at Aintree a few weeks later isn't ideal where if you have a horse like um, Absolute Notions coming here fresh with a good level of form to me I think he's one with a, with a big shout Okay, Absolute Notions currently seven to two with Ball Sports. Another horse that missed Cheltenham was Maximilian at nine to two. Uh, both sort of touted for this race, but Iroko is in here, who obviously we saw in winning action at Cheltenham. Uh, Tony, and and you're such a fan of this horse. I am, and I think three miles will definitely suit him better than the the two and a half of the Martin Pipe. Um, I think it was stamina won the day from on, on that occasion. He wouldn't underestimate the the bit of shuffling that he got kind of coming down the hill. Got caught behind, I think it was Hollow Sound, one of the front runners coming back on top of him. And on a horse that probably stays a bit, that does stay a bit further than the Martin Pate trip, I think he did very well to get back involved and, and, and win the race in the end. So I do think, yeah, up to three miles, uh, far from sure that he's actually going to run in this, that they've given him the entry anyway, but I do think the trip will definitely suit. On to Saturday we go and just a few races to pick up before we loop back to the big one, the Grand National itself. Uh, we'll kick off with the two-mile chase. Um, Barry, we might see John Bond in action here. And if we do, he could take on Banbridge if, if, of course, with the weather, Banbridge misses his two-and-a-half-mile appointment that he's currently booked in for. What do you expect here? And if they were both to line up, does John Bond beat Banbridge over two miles? Well, John Bond was second uh, last year in the Supreme to Constitution Hill and then he went and beat El Fabiolo um, at Aintree. So I think it could be something similar again, second in the Arkle to El Fabiolo. Um, I would fancy him here to win, especially over two mile against Banbridge. I would be a big fan of Banbridge's, but I think ideally two and a half is what he wants. Um, so yeah, I think John Bond just might have the edge of pace over Banbridge. Okay, and then we can move on to the Liverpool hurdle where, again, I mean, 
If these horses line up, this is going to be a pretty strong race. Uh, Tony will kick off with you here. We've got Mary's Rock at 11 to 4 as the market leader. Uh, Tiupu in there at 100 to 30, obviously off the back of the good run at Cheltenham. Flooring Porter 5 to 1. Sarda Burley won at Cheltenham coming to win this race again at 5 to 1. Champ in there, the old boy. Home by the lead. Dashiell Drasher to meet all of these types again. I mean, this is a real matchup again in the Liverpool hurdle, but who comes out on top? Yeah, very good race this one in the Steers Hurdle and a lot of them are there again with the addition of Champ and, and uh, Marie's Rock. They were talking in the run-up to Cheltenham about Marie's Rock going three miles. Um, I don't know, was it the trip or the lack of pace that really beat her in the, in the Mayor's Hurdle? It just didn't seem to run to her best, but perhaps this will suit her at this point in her career. But the one I came down on, I'd be quite keen on, is Home by the Lee. It uh, wouldn't have been a horse that really had me mind going into Cheltenham for the Steers Hurdle, but how he shaped an awful lot better than the form there. Um, again, the ground, it came for Tiupu on the Torsta, um, and he ran very well, but probably swung things against uh, Home with the Lee a little bit. But he made he made a mistake at the sixth, and, and it was it really was a terrible mistake now, the kind of reascending, transcending kind of um, error, and for him to get back into the race, having made that mistake, talk about a doing. And then he's kind of hanging in with them there on the turn in um, and kind of staying on. But Flooring Porter, who's kind of obviously been up there, has just cut across him as home with the Lee, who doesn't do anything fast, is looking to get um, to the near side rail, which can, tends to be so important there when it's rained on, on kind of um, the, uh, the new course and stuff like that. So that kind of just halted his momentum a bit. And the camera angle doesn't really, you know, pick it up well, so you can kind of appreciate it. But when they do kind of get back to seeing the finish, he's absolutely motoring, um, and he's nearly past Florin Porter there, you know, in the shadow of the post type of thing. So I think they came. If he can jump a bit better, like you know, he generally jumps jumps fine. Like that, you can just a an aberration and get a bit of a clearer run. I definitely think that the long straight at the entry um, will really suit him. So I would take him maybe to be could be one could reverse that stairs hurdle form with a few to finish ahead of him and all the better if the ground um, tries out a little between now and the weekend. Okay, currently six to one with Ball Sports Tony. Um, over to you, Barry, for this race for the Liverpool Hurdle. Are we looking away from Mary's Rock? Yeah, well, this, I think Tony mentioned, obviously, the two and a half looked a bit sharp for her. Maybe there was a lack of pace as well. She probably will be better over three. But then if you look at the stairs hurdle, I think it left as many questions as answers because not many saw Sarah de Burley being the, being the one who's going to win it. Um, for me, I thought that... Um, uh, what was it going on again? Sorry, Champ. Champ, yeah. Um, he won his first two runs both last season and this season. And he comes into this on the back of 110 days of a break. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of keen on Champ. He's won an entry before on this after novice hurdle. Um, I know he's getting on in years, but as I said, the, 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 the stairs hurdle left as many questions as answers. So he falls into a similar category as Sarah de Burley. Um, but coming here fresh, I think maybe Champ could be, a, could be a sneaky one. Champ, one for the old boys. Okay, again, currently six to one with Ball Sports for that Liverpool hurdle. Uh, let's wrap up the show, guys, by looping, like I say, back to the Grand National because now we can give our... We've already covered it. We've already discussed, obviously, the main players, but let's give our one, two, three, four in the Grand National for the viewers to get stuck into with the big race. Tony, I'm going to come to you first. Your winner, please, followed by the placed horses. Okay, I'd go with Fanny yeah, uh, and Roy Maj, who I mentioned earlier. I'd give Capadano a bit of a chance. I think he's a spring horse. I like the fact that Jimmy McManus' team and everyone seem connected them seem to be very quiet about him in the last few weeks. Um, I think he's kind of 
young horse there that can do well in the kind of modern version of the Grand National and I think any any second now um, kind of race specialist is the one to maybe fill out the frame and Vanessa don't forget to mention your four and I don't think you're sneaking away without getting your four in there <laughs> I, I do try sneak away without having to put these sort of things forward but uh, thank you very much for that Tony I will give you my four now uh, Noble Yates for a second win in the race please uh, Mr Incredible if he starts that would be a good starting place Longhouse Poet and then I'm with you with any second now I just think he could fill a place like he has done so many times before so those would be my four top four for the Grand National but Noble Yates it's a little bit unoriginal but after what he's done last year and then his prep this year I'm not going to abandon him now so I'm all aboard that um, Barry over to you for your one two three four please for the Grand National yeah well I like Lebelos as I mentioned earlier on uh, Longhouse Poet ran a bit keen last year I think he's a good chance as well uh, Carrick Rambler you have to give a chance to um, with the £10 in hand and I think that Mr Coffee can run a, run a big race as well at a fancy price Okay, a couple of those that you flagged up early in the show and a few others as well. So that wraps up our Grand National coverage or our Grand National preview show, I should say. Hopefully you've enjoyed that. Please do let us know who you think is going to win the big race come Saturday and all the other races we've discussed as well. We like to hear from you, so do get in contact. But for now, have a very good weekend. Enjoy the action and join us again next week where we've got another special episode coming your way ahead of the Scottish National. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, Thank you very much for watching. That was Off the Fence. Boyle Sports has it all. Money back meetings every day. UK and Irish racing live streaming. Extra places and money back all losers offers. And a bet 10, get 20 welcome offer. Boyle Sports, this is betting.